Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galt. And today, we take Akashic Records reading to an interstellar level with galactic Akashic historian, Debbie Solaris. Now, you may recognize her from her appearance on the Beyond Belief show with George Norrie on Gaia TV. Now, starseeds is not a new subject in Buddhism because we call these ancient souls who incarnate from different dimensions and planets toku children. The concept of shifting between parallel realities, dimensions, and timelines in reincarnation is common in the study of Buddhism and mandalas as well. Lastly, the galactic ancient wars in Hindu and Buddhist mythology trigger deep stories about our possible Star Wars timeline in those folklores. So that's what we're going to dive deeper into today. And with that, Debbie, welcome to Merkaba Chakras. Hi, thank you for having me on. It's been um, it's great, it's great to join in and I really appreciate um, you spending time with me. Oh, thank you for taking the invitation to do the interview. I, I love your work. Um, and I've talked to, I talked to a lot of Kashik records readers um, that specialize in different things. And what you, what yours is that I found was very interesting is that you focus on like galactic history. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of Buddhist folklores that go into ancient Hindu folklores mm-hmm. um, because Buddhism is an offshoot of Hinduism. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of them talk about these ancient galactic wars mm-hmm. and um we're gonna get really really deep into this topic so it's a little sci-fi but this is actually um real no, stuff real. in in oh, folklore yeah yeah and also um i'm finding it in the psyche of my hypnosis clients as well so we'll talk mm-hmm. about that more in detail but before we get to those that juicy topic can you tell us your story for how you got into this work in the first place oh absolutely um well, uh, you know, I didn't, I, I was pretty unremarkable for most of my life, um, uh, wasn't awakened. Um, and uh, so I didn't, I'm kind of a latecomer when it comes to the spiritual movement. Um, you know, I just pretty much didn't really start on this path until 2012. And then, you know, I, I didn't start doing Akashic readings until 2014 to 2015. So, uh 
so re relative newcomer. Um, uh, I, I lived, I think, a pretty ordinary life. Um, um, I was born into a military family. We traveled quite a bit, you know, throughout my childhood. Um, and uh, my parents were pretty much uh, very conservative Roman Catholics. So um, we didn't really talk about extraterrestrials or paranormal. It just wasn't a topic that was ever mentioned in my, you know, family. Um, mm -hmm. I, I got introduced um, to the paranormal through my now significant other, um, who is, um, he's always been a follower of ufology and paranormal experiences. And when I started dating him, this was back, I think in, oh gosh, trying to think of the date, uh, probably 2002. Um, I noticed um, as we were dating that he used to read a lot of UFO magazines. And I thought, what is he reading? <laughs> I mean, what is this stuff, you know? Um, and uh, but I, so I got curious and I started reading some of the articles, but even then I was pretty skeptical. I just didn't really, I don't know, um, didn't, didn't, didn't think that alien, aliens were real and UFOs were real. Uh, not until I had my own experience, um, which came totally out of the blue, but uh, before that I was, I guess, a, I was open-minded, but I was just real skeptical. Um, but then in 2002, um, there was a lot of transition in that year, I think both personally and, and also collectively. Um, and I um, ended up doing, um, I was really worried about the state of the planet. You know, I, I, at this point have had a little bit of understanding of spirituality, but a very basic level. And I sent out a, a, I think a massive prayer to the universe one night. So one night I just sent out this prayer of, you know, please, you know, you know, higher dimensional beings help our planet, you know, please help our planet. Cause, uh, our planet is going in a really bad direction. Um, and I, I just felt like there's a lot of suffering, you know, unneeded, uh, unnecessary suffering on the planet. There was also a lot of, um, uh, uh, there was a lot of changes in regards to politics, uh, economics, environment. I was especially concerned about the environment. Um, mm. uh, because I did work in the environmental field at the time and I was concerned with a lot of changes. You're gonna see my cat kind of roaming around here. So. I love that cat. Yeah, so here she <laughs> is. Um, so she's kind of roaming around, but, um, uh, but yeah, you'll see. Um, but I was really concerned about animals, especially because there were so many that were becoming extinct. And, mm. And I just felt like, wow, the, the, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. You know, we need some divine help. So I sent this prayer out one night. It was very earnest, a very heartfelt prayer out into the universe. And uh, I ended up, um, I, so I sent this prayer out and I sent it out to Jesus, Buddha, the Ascended Masters, all the angelic realm, and even galactic brothers and sisters. And I... Um, I ended up, I think, uh, um, 
just thinking, oh, nobody's going to hear this prayer. <laughs> you know, no, nobody's going to hear it. Um, and of course, you know, the next day and even like two weeks after nothing happened. So I figured, oh, well, you know, it was, you know, I just forgot about the prayer. Mm-hmm. And about two weeks after I said to prayer, this was, I said to prayer in May of 2012, in June 2012, I think it was the first week of June, I went to sleep. Um, and when I came back to consciousness, I was in a different reality. It was definitely not a dream mm-hmm. because it felt too real to be a dream. It was just too, too real. Um, and so I ended up, um, kind of looking around, trying to figure out where am I? This is kind of weird. Um, but then the first thing I noticed was all the colors were really brilliant in the space I was in and Mm -hmm. the details were super sharp and Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it at the time, but that's exactly what describes like fifth dimension and beyond, um, Right. So when you get into the higher dimensions, it, it's like you're going into a hyper reality and and it's re- even more real than third dimension. Third dimension now to me feels like kind of like a dream state. I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe. But Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what? And that that's a topic that a lot of people get really hung up on is yeah, exactly. is yeah. boxing the the dimensions and the density and the awareness and all of that. And like in Buddhism, we don't really get too caught up in boxing reality out mm-hmm. there into like third density, fourth density, fifth density, whatever, third dimension, fourth dimension, yeah, fifth exactly. dimension, because yeah. it's out there. What we focus on is your awareness of the different levels of consciousness from within you, from within mm-hmm. your consciousness and from within you, you create the outer world. Mm-hmm. So whatever happens out there doesn't matter because it's exactly. just going to match what awareness you are. So we, we speak in terms of awareness. You can be fifth dimensional awareness in whatever physical reality out there you're at. So you can be 5D Absolutely. in a 3D world. Mm-hmm. And a lot of avatars have done that or in a 4D world, whatever you want to want to call the yeah, world absolutely. out there is. So and I do think I was having an experience from my consciousness and maybe it wasn't really a physical experience because physically I was probably still in my bed, you know, in third dimension, but my consciousness was elsewhere, you know? So, so I yeah, love the right. way you described that. that. That is perfect. That's exactly how I always felt about it too, that, um, it's not always that we have to physically travel someplace mm-hmm. in order to have a different experience or a more, you know, I think a profound experience. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, when I came, when I started, I started realizing that I was on, on board some sort of extraterrestrial starship. So um, I, I looked around and I wasn't scared or anything. I just kind of thought, okay, this is really weird, but um, I'm just going to kind of, flow with it, see what happens. And there was probably aspects of it that seemed kind of familiar to me, but I didn't mm. realize it at the time. Uh, but the ship itself was, it was huge. It was city sized. It had um, a consciousness of its own because it seemed to be able to read my thoughts. And it kind of directed me to go towards this one space. And I, I just kind of followed along. Um, right. And the ship was not metallic. I think in sci-fi movies, you always see these ships that look really metallic and mm-hmm. they look really kind of like 
physically put together. This ship seemed more fluid or more um, organic. Uh, I mean, it, it did look like a starship, but it was, it seemed like it was made of light and some sort of extraterrestrial material. I, I call it plasma, but hmm. it was some sort of material that was kind of more fluid. Um, right. Let me and, ask you a question about that really quick. Yeah, sure. Um, so about the ships, there's a very hot topic going on in spiritual circles and mm-hmm. in many different circles in um, IT about AI and mm-hmm. AI becoming conscious. Mm-hmm. And um, in Buddhism, everything that exists within samsara has consciousness and the light of source in it. So even mm-hmm. AI would have consciousness at some point. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to these um, these events, quote, quote, alien civilizations that you mm-hmm. came in contact through your lucid dream or your astral travel or, or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call that experience. Um, I hear this consistently with, with, with these encounters is that the ships are conscious. They are organic. They are their own living being. Mm-hmm. And they're not this, um, they're not this destructive um egocentric you know killing man kill off humanity take over terminator type of mm-hmm. um ai consciousness that yeah. that we as humanity are so used to in um in movies and we kind of got indoctrinated a little bit mm-hmm. in thinking that especially like the early um developments of ai and sophie and other types yeah, of exactly. robotics yeah. that are yeah. slowly coming into consciousness so what did you learn anything about um, how their AI became much more of a organic, compassionate source of consciousness? How it evolved there? How did they exist with it? You know, some, maybe there's something that we can learn and kind of get there as well with our yeah, technology. I don't know if I got that deep into the ship itself. Um, I think I was just so overwhelmed that mm. I just was taking everything in, but um I do think um, it's powered by some sort of massive free energy device. And Mm -hmm. they did show me, um, I think kind of like the boiler room or I don't know what you would call it, where uh, there was, I think, large crystals that were kind of um, amplifying the frequency to keep Mm -hmm. the ship, um, you know, moving and going. But I really didn't get that deep into the, mechanics of the ship itself mm-hmm. only because I was just so overwhelmed at the time it was just right. like you know, it was a lot you know it was a lot to take in you know especially for somebody that has never had this kind of experience um uh but yeah it was kind of like more like an out-of-body experience um it felt like my consciousness was there and a lot of people ask me well did you look like yourself when you were on board the ship and I, and I always say yeah I think I did you know I think I you know, because I looked at my hands, they look like my human hands, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, and there weren't like mirrors everywhere and, or anything. But, uh, but I think my consciousness took on my actual human form, you know, while I was on board the ship. So, uh, but I do get that question a lot. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'm sorry if that doesn't quite answer yeah. your complete question. Well, but, it, yeah. did, did it feel like, um, did it feel, did the ship consciousness feel like negative to you or did it feel like it had a oh it was very loving it It was very very loving um energy uh no I never felt fear I never felt weird um except just kind of like I think overwhelmed by Mm -hmm. all the you know just the, the the colors and everything but I I never felt 
like I was in danger or I had anything to fear. So, um, so in that right. sense, uh, the ship had a very loving energy. That's good to know. It's good to know. Yeah. Um, so you started doing Akashic reading, right? At, you know, at, on your journey and what brought you to specifically interstellar galactic Akashic readings because typical Akashic readers go into like past lives and earthly lives mm -hmm. even beyond that so why why did you um what took you to go beyond that okay um well that's um kind of it's kind of an interesting story I think I I came upon the galactic stuff first and mm. then I started doing Akashic readings. So naturally, because I have this understanding of galactic history, I was going to incorporate that into, um, and I was already downloading information all the time. So yeah. I didn't realize where I was downloading it from. I, I thought, well, where is this, where, where's all this information coming from? Um, and then I realized, oh, it's coming from the Akashic records. And, oh, um, I have access to the galactic Akashic records, you know. So is, um, it, is it just kind of like a knowing that you came into? Like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm looking at something I just kind of know. Yeah, it's kind of like a remembrance. Is it like a remembrance? Yeah, like you I think remember? it was a remembrance to okay. a certain extent. And then, and then I received confirmation from, you know, a couple of um, spiritual teachers who told me that, yes, indeed, I was accessing the records, you know, so, mm. uh, um, so yeah, it was quite, um, uh, but what happened after the, you know, my whole thing, I, there was a whole story with the ship and everything, which we probably don't have time to really get into. And I've done other interviews where people can get more of that story, mm. but, um, but I did encounter my star family when I was on board the ship and I never even realized that I was a star seed until then, you know, I thought, I was just a lowly earth human having a, you know, mundane kind of ordinary earth life. And mm -hmm. I found out that, oh, I'm connected to the Arcturians and I'm, I come from Arcturus originally. And I chose to have this experience as a, you know, as a human, you know, in, in human form in order to help expand consciousness here on this planet, you know, so mm -hmm. So that was a big revelation to me that like was life changing, you know, it was like, oh, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm no longer just an earth person, I'm this galactic citizen, and I have, and I need to step up into this new role that, you know, I am, you know, or this new understanding of who I truly am, you know, mm. so this is kind of the experience that a lot of, I think, my clients end up experiencing when they have an Akashic reading with me is mm. that, oh yeah, you know, I, I am from the Pleiades or, oh yes, I've had lifetimes in Andromeda, you know, and mm -hmm. it just expands their consciousness and then they step into that larger role. And it, it's and what really do they exciting. do with the information that you What's give that? them? What do they do with the information that you give them? Oh, um, they, um, I think a lot of them, it, it takes them a little while to process it. So they'll process it. This will be the average person, but mm. uh, they'll process it for a while. But a lot of them will start stepping into working a bigger mission or, mm. or going from playing small to playing bigger, you know, or, or big. Okay. Uh, so let's say if they had this dream of, you know, oh, I want to open up my own holistic center, but, you know, yeah. I don't know if I can do it, you know. 
And then they found out in past lives, oh yeah, you used to have a holistic center in the, the star system of Pleione mm -hmm. and the Pleiades, you know, or you used to be a, a healing priestess in Merope, or you were a, um, you know, a teacher healer in Sirius, you know, and then, then it's like, oh, I've done this before, so I can do it again, you know, so it right. gives them that little bit of confirmation and push that it takes them out of that, it takes them out of that um, little human box that they put themselves in that belittlement of humanity that they put themselves in, like, you've done this and more. So you can, you can do this. You could do this human experience really well. Oh yeah. You can, you can rock this human experience, you know? Yeah. Like, I think as humans, we tend to put a lot of self-limitations on ourselves. Um, and I've done it myself. Why do you think that? Why, why do you think people do that? Cause I do recognize that that is what happens, but why do people do that so often? I think it's because of the heavy programming here on this planet. Um, we've been programmed on this planet to uh, believe that we're small, either through religion or through our government or through our society. You know, it seems like in society, especially here in the United States, there's certain people that are in the top tier that are glorified. And then all the rest of us are just supposed to live, you know, ordinary lives, pay our taxes, pay our bills, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and, I think when people start realizing, oh, um, there is God or Christ consciousness within me, mm -hmm. you know, that, that Christ consciousness is not outside of me, it's actually within me, then they start, the, the programming starts disintegrating because you can't have one thought and have the other thought at the same time. It's like, yeah, the, you know, it's like once you start realizing your divine connection whether it be as a star seed or as an angelic or to some higher realm, you know, you, you can't, you can't stay being, you know, the self-limiting human that you were before, you know, so. Right. Right. So it's a matter of shifting your consciousness to that extent. Um, and so, but yeah, there's been a lot of heavy programming, I would say for the last several hundred years, if not thousands of years here on earth, um, and it's been, I mean, there's, I think, exceptions. I think Buddhism and Hinduism has tried to break people out of that matrix kind of thinking. Um, it's almost like a Borg, you know, or like, <laughs> you know, the Borg where you're kind of like, oh, I'm supposed to be this automaton and I'm just, you know, here just doing what I'm being told to do, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's, and once you start breaking out of that kind of thinking, it's like, oh, you know, I don't have to do this if I don't want to, you know, um, I, I can do whatever I want to do. Um, yeah, you know, because yeah. I am part of God, you know, I'm God and God is me, you know, so exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I, I want to clarify for some people, cause you, um, you brought up the word Christ consciousness, which is the title of this, um, this episode, mm -hmm. but so in Buddhism, Christ consciousness is another word for the crystalline consciousness that you are, mm -hmm. which is like, if you study sacred geometry, um, you are, the crystalline consciousness is a fifth dimensional awareness where you see the oneness and the connection to yourself and everybody mm -hmm. else, the good mm -hmm. guys, the bad guys, everything within creation, with mm -hmm. even the aliens or anything within creation, you are connected to it because um, the light's of source the light of the main creator is in 
everything within creation, within samsara. That's the basic premise for the interconnectivity of all things within the consciousness of the main um, the main creator, whatever you want to call that mm -hmm. subtle energy body that is within you and everybody else. And mm -hmm. when you recognize and see that and understand that, um, and I know people who read my books, my Buddhist mandalas book that has been hammered in with a lot of scientific information to explain that factual information mm -hmm. that we're all connected. When you know that that is when you become fifth dimensional awareness, which is a crystalline consciousness, or in other words, Christ consciousness. So I just want to define that Christ consciousness, because some people get confused with the word Christ with being Christianity, and it's bigger yeah, it's than not, it's that. Not, it has nothing to do with Christianity, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's much, much bigger than that. But anyway, so um, that. I, I completely understand that because even that concept of being connected to each other, um, being connected to all these different beings in the galaxies um, mm -hmm. and connected to source is really hard for many people to accept. They they like the belittlement. They like the small shoe that they put themselves into. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, what what does what do you say about clients who come in going, Oh, that just seems so overwhelming. That seems so much. I don't, I don't, I don't know. And they just, they keep, they, they want to regress. Do you mm -hmm. get those kind of clients? I don't get many of those kind of clients. I, I mean, I, I have to be perfectly honest. I, you know, cause I set the intention that, um, you know, when I, with my practice that I want to work with people that are already on the spiritual path that mm -hmm. are, you know, kind of intermediate to advanced level spirituality. So I do get a few newbies and, um, and I do get some earth souls. Okay. So mm -hmm. I do get some souls that have only had incarnations on earth. And a lot of times when I tell them, oh yeah, you're from earth, they accept it. They're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I know I'm from earth. I, 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 I don't have this. I don't feel this connection with Pleiades or anything else, you know? So so they're totally okay with it, but and Earth me, is a like, wonderful planet to keep incarnating into as well. So oh yeah, absolutely, plenty of yeah. great lifetimes to experience. Oh yeah, you get a lot of lot of great experiences, you know, on Earth. Um, that's why so many star seeds wanted to come here. I think that's more the issue that I see is I have star seeds that come to me and they say, you know, why did I choose this? I hate being here. I want to go back home. It's like, oh my gosh. And I, and I keep telling them, well, you chose to be here. You wanted to be here, you know? Um, so don't complain because if you yeah. keep complaining, you know, source, uh, you know, the universe is going to test you on that. You know, believe me, I've went through it myself, you know? Oh, really? What? Yeah. Cause this is a very common thing um, yeah. that I've noticed too, is so many Toku children or quote, quote, star seeds yeah. reincarnating dur during earth's 5d ascension to the higher dimensions. And they're, they're kind of like, they want to rip up their golden ticket and toss it in because they don't know what that golden ticket ticket entails because remember yeah, absolutely. Yeah. there's a little bit of amnesia and the veil that you go through in this experience that's what makes this experience different from other experiences absolutely. Yeah. so um if you like birthday surprises then it would be fun for you but if, you, if you're one of those that don't like it that you're you, it's kind of a, a rough ride for you so oh yeah absolutely so like yeah what why why is this a common thing with a lot of these these old souls um coming in going why did I do this I hate this I hate this whole thing 
I want it over now. Can we just get to the ascension now and be done with so I can move on? You yeah, know, that's a common that. thing. I, that. so I, I, I can't even, if I, if I had like a dollar for every time somebody told me, I would be probably a millionaire by now. But, <laughs> yeah. But, um, Almost uh, kind of like an entitlement or a, I don't know if the entitlement is the I word. I think there's various reasons. Um, I think because some of these grateful. souls. I don't yeah, know. I think, I think some of these souls come from very high dimensional realities where mm. things were really perfect. Like for instance, the Pleiades. I always like to pick on the Pleiades because um, they have this really very well balanced, very well supportive environment. Mm -hmm. And then they come here to earth and they go in through culture shock. Like, you know, where's my support? Where's all the loving beings that are going to help me, you know, learn in underwater basket weaving or whatever it is that I really want to do, you know, there, I mean, and then I think, and the other reason too, is because when you're in the higher dimensions and you're making decisions for, we, they call this um, bardo in Tibetan terms, which mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. in between life state, which you probably know about that. But right. um, um, so when we're in our higher dimensional selves taking on or making decisions for our next incarnation, it's like we, we because uh, we're in the higher dimensional um, self form, we think, oh yeah, I can handle that. Oh yeah, I can handle that. Oh yeah, I can handle that. And so we pick really tough lessons here on earth. And, uh, and but once we get into our third dimensional mind, we go through the, um, and we have our incarnation, we go through this veil of forgetfulness. And we've forgotten that, yes, I have chosen this, or yes, I, I did choose this, these people to be my family, or mm -hmm. I did choose to incarnate in this country, or, I did choose, you know, this, these type of experiences as hard as they are. And they're very painful. I mean, they're painful experiences. And I think a lot of us are adverse to suffering, you know, for many, you know, for, I think for survival reasons. And, and so we think, oh my gosh, this planet must be bad. You know, it must be, this is really bad rather than thinking, oh, well, maybe I chose this for the, for the reason of, I needed to learn this lesson so that I can do my, my mission better, or so that I can understand the human condition, or so I can be of service, you know, while I'm here on this planet. Yeah, yeah, well, well, well said. That is, that is something that I see very, very common, too, is that a lot of these very um, high frequency individuals, they don't all, and actually many times, they don't all get cookie cookie cutter you know perfect parents to incarnate mm -hmm. into they don't get these perfect little families or these perfect little like boxes to walk into some might you know win the parent lottery is what mm -hmm. i call it or the um you know, the, lottery, I like that. <laughs> yeah, you got the parent because they actually i think it's like i'm not sure if it's the number is 80 20 but maybe a high percentage of the population don't win the parent lottery. They don't get the perfect parents. They don't get the perfect cookie cutter um, existence. There is going to be some transition and some challenge and some things that happen. So um, that's kind of like a shocker for a oh, lot yeah. of them oh, yeah, because they're like, this is so simple. I don't get it. Why do you guys struggle so hard with the basics? of getting along with everybody, of talking it out like adults, of, mm -hmm. you know, trying to compromise. I mean, basic psychology stuff, but yeah, for a lot of these ancient souls, this is like a no brainer. And so it's almost like, like, uh, they, they go, okay, well, you guys can figure it out. 
and I'm just going to move on to do my own thing. So there's a little bit of a distance sometimes oh, in yeah, these yeah. families with the star oh, yeah. seeds. Um, the star seeds of the Toku children, they kind of are a little bit distant because they mm-hmm. don't understand um, the struggles in their family and why it takes them so long to overcome certain things that seem so simple to do. Well, when you're in the higher dimensions, you have also telepathy. So um, when you're in family groups, say in other star systems, it's it's easy to figure out what somebody's intentions are or, you know, or what they're thinking or what or or why they said what they said. But here on Earth, because we we're kind of, you know, our, our telepathy is blocked, you know, in, in the third dimension. We don't know why somebody say, you know, what they said or what they mean, and we get our feelings hurt, you know, and, uh, and maybe they did mean to be mean, I don't know, but, um, but I think, I I think there's a, there's just a whole compilation of different layers of reasons, um, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're dealing with ancient ancestral programming, you're dealing with societal, um, programming, you're dealing with, uh, you know, old belief systems, you know, there's, there's so many components to uh, what people go through when they incarnate here on earth that Mm -hmm. um, they kind of go into culture shock, like, oh, what's this? What's this primitive place? You know, these people can't even, you know, talk to each other. (laughs) other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they can't even talk to each other at all. Yeah, they'll spend their whole lifetime trying to figure out how to talk to each other. Or, I mean, and they're constantly fighting or, or, you know, you get somebody that's running off and, you know, they, they go into substance abuse because they don't want to deal with it anymore. And, and so you get, you know, all these layers of things that are happening and it's kind of overwhelming for the star seed, you know, it's kind of, and a lot of them tend to be empaths, you know, they tend to pick up on everybody's feelings. So it, you know, when there's a lot of negative feelings going on, there's, there's a lot to process. And yeah, yeah. I always recommend boundaries when it comes to that. You don't need Mm -hmm. to be the garbage dump. Exactly. Let them clean up their own garbage. Don't pick it up for them because they're just going to fill it up with more garbage. Oh yeah. They're going to see you as the landfill, as the family landfill. (laughs) And then then they're going to feel fine. And they're going to wonder why you're sick all the time. Yeah, exactly. Why are you always sick and in the dumps? Yeah. I feel great. I'm going to go find new garbage and then I'm oh, going to yeah. dump it, the old one on you. Yeah, and, exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't recommend that. Yeah. You know, Debbie, according to Buddhism and many ancient traditions, the energy mm-hmm. of the fifth dimension earth is like we talked about of Christ consciousness, which is source. And that 5D people recognize that everyone is a creation and connected to a source because Mm -hmm. God or whatever you want to call it is that subtle energy inside everyone. So Mm -hmm. uh, again, I published many books about this and we talk about this topic a lot in this podcast. Mm -hmm. And a lot of starseeds are not religious, even if they come into strictly religious families, Mm -hmm. they instead choose to be highly spiritual um, Mm -hmm. or they're attracted to energy, healing, metaphysics, all these, you know, these Mm -hmm these different topics. What are your thoughts on the spiritual component of 5D awakening and ascension on earth? And how will religions transform when much of the world's population is fifth dimensional awareness? Hmm, That's a really deep question. (laughs) I ask deep, I go deep into the questions. You you go deep, yeah, you go, no, I love that. I love deep questions. Um, That's a deep question. 
You know, it's funny, when I was on board the ship, I did ask quite a bit of um, questions to the Arcturians about religion, because I just didn't understand it. I was like, what's the deal with religion? It's like, um, and they, they kept telling me that it was a, a 3D human construct, that it was not really real. Uh, it was just um, people's belief systems that are almost like become cult-like in a way, you know, that, that, you know, they just try to get members to join in, you know, on, on, you know, a certain belief structure. And uh, so like, is it tribal? Is it just kind of tribal conquest? Like, like, is it a sophisticated, sophisticated way of getting tribal conquest? You I think so. get more people, I, you get more resources. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. gather think, more wealth. And more control and more control. More so control, control of like what? Of like the matrix? Beliefs. Yeah. If you can control somebody's beliefs, you have them under complete control, you know, and, uh, and the Roman Catholic Church has done this for thousands of years, you know, but, um, uh, but I think what the Arcturians meant was that, um, that it wasn't really real because we all have connections with source. We don't need to go through some matrix construct, whether it be religion or, or whatever, you know, to connect with source. Um, to them was like, um, they're, they're kind of laughing at me a little bit because they're like, well, we, we're all connected. We're all part of God. We're all connected to God. So, so why, why should there be this intermediary between the middleman? Yeah. 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 That's like and, having a middleman between you and breathing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, or, or anything really, but yeah. I, um, but yeah, when I saw that, I thought, Oh, that's really interesting. Um, so I think what's probably going to be happening, you know, as far as us moving into the fifth dimension and how that's going to affect religion is that um, religion is either going to have to evolve to, um, to, I think, incorporate, you know, these new spiritual truths, which are actually old spiritual truths, but yeah, to them, they've, it'll be new spiritual. They've truths. been lost or suppressed, whichever version you want to pick up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, or they're going to be going by the wayside because, and I see a lot of religions going by the wayside. Honestly. Really? Is that what the Kashuk records see for? Cause um, some people, they really do love their religions and there is a lot of really good aspects of their religions oh, absolutely. to keep. Yeah. So, you know, it's just kind of like, you really love your, your heritage mm-hmm. and there's good aspects to keep, but there's also aspects of your heritage that maybe need to be modified Yeah, or healed. Well, they'll, they'll go through some modifications, but I think, I think there'll be some that'll just go by the wayside because their, their um, belief systems or their, their teachings are not congruent with fifth dimensional reality. And I'm not going to name any religions, right? Um, right. but um, there'll be others that'll be, um, that'll be greatly modified. Okay. So to adapt. Uh, yeah. To where it's um, a, quite a bit more expansive than they used to be. Right. So they're kind of like add um, kind of updated footnotes. Exactly. Yeah. Updated yeah. footnotes to the material that they um, that they practice and, and follow. 
And okay. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bible changes, if, if you see it changes like, all the time, Mandela effects, it's changing. All I know. The time. <laughs> I, I mean, it does, doesn't it? But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden you start seeing new books in the Bible or, or new passages that explain a little bit more in depth about what was really going on. And then it's like, oh, okay, now the Bible makes sense to me, you know? Ah, that's true. I actually had somebody who is very, very uh, religious. He, uh, and he asked me about the Bible changes and what Buddhism has to say about it. And I said, well, you did, you have done some gro- spiritual growth and healing, and now you're in a different frequency in, in which you're at a, attracting a reality that has those changes. Yeah, exactly. So, and it will continue to change. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. no, I think it's no. I I think you're going to see new books appearing in the Bible, or or maybe the ancient books that were supposed to be in the Bible that were taken out will get added back okay. in. And yeah, that's kind of what I see too. Um, because like like Buddhism has a lot of backstory to the Bible mm-hmm. that, out of respect for the institution that was formed and all the things that they were dealing with in their culture, we just kind of go, Oh, that's, we just send love and I wish the very, very best. But Mm -hmm. as, as more and more people are coming into their awakening and ascension process, coming into the six senses Mm -hmm. um, in this new cycle, you just, it's kind of one of those, you just can't deny that all of a sudden everybody's kind of stepping out of the comfort zones Mm -hmm. and, um, and going, what's what's going on so um so now it's like okay now we have to acknowledge the backstory to um a lot of aspects of of the bible and different ways that we saw reality and then mm-hmm. like i said add footnotes or here is a perspective that gives you a backstory that is from buddhism or from other other um traditions right. so yeah so that that's going to be very interesting and it that that's one thing that um, for the most part, changing and updating that worldwide and to see our connection to each other and to source, that's mm-hmm. going to be pretty revolutionary. That's going to change a lot of things. A lot of it is oh, because yeah, we see so. separatism in each other. Yeah. I. Uh, um, it's funny because even like some of the, the, the biblical stories to me seem more like an analogy of things that maybe happened galactically, but for some reason, because you had human writers writing the story or the, and then maybe they borrowed it from the Sumerians or maybe they borrowed it from this group or that group mm-hmm. um, that, you know, they're writing it from an earth perspective, but actually you'll start getting the bigger perspective. To give you an example, um, the whole Adam and Eve story never made sense to me. Even, even as a child, you know, reading the Bible never, you know, it never made sense to me. Um, now as a galactic historian, looking back at, you know, some of these stories, I, 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 I say, oh, that was analogy for the creation of Lyra and Vega and the destruction of Lyra and Vega by Draco. Cause Draco, you know, the snake that entered the garden of Eden represented um was a representation of draco at least that's my belief i don't know if it you know aligns with other people's beliefs but um adam and eve represented you know the the father god consciousness and mother god consciousness which is lyra and vega and uh the garden of eden was the uh was was lyra you know because lyra was a you know parrot had paradise planets and when uh the lyrans allowed draco to kind of um uh, you know, get intermixed into their culture, 
um, it led to the destruction of paradise, you know, and literally and figuratively, uh, figuratively, but, um, but, you know, so, but, so I see more of a greater understanding around these stories. And um, I like what you said about the backdrop story. It is like a backdrop story in a way, mm -hmm. because it's historical, but it's going to be, I think, um, recompilated to be more, um, uh, I think, more of a greater understanding or have different layers of understanding to it. So then people are like, oh, okay, now I see how we're all connected. You know, now I see that we're all really connected to one another rather than, oh, this is just some random story, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, things things usually things usually influence each other. Mm -hmm. So that's where the connection points. Um, you know, in Buddhism, there's this folklore of the six root race of humanity. Hmm. So according to the folklore, the fifth root race was a society of spiritual avatars. Many of them were like giants mm -hmm. from an, an Iranian. It's from the Iranian, um, is, which is a Sanskrit word for royal mm -hmm. lineage from the land of Mu mm -hmm. or Lemuria. Mm -hmm. So this folklore got twisted up by the Nazis who, you, who totally heard what they wanted mm -hmm. and they disregarded much of the teachings of Buddhism that they found through Madame Blavowski about oneness, interconnection to Christ consciousness, each other, mm. et cetera, et cetera, about the awakening and ascension process. So now the sixth root race, according to the folklore, is projected to come out of the American continent. And the mm. folklore talks about a multidimensional mixed race of people who are spiritual avatars with unique six senses, okay? Uh, mm. We've kind of grown up in our um, infancy of spirituality to a much more mature version of it. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm actually working on two book series about Buddhist folklores of Lemuria and what I call the X-Men of the fifth dimension. Oh, wow. So that's, so what does the Akashic records say about this six root race and this folklore? Do you get anything about that? Yeah, actually I do. Okay. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I think it lines up with the whole, um, uh, seeding of planet earth by extraterrestrial beings. So planet earth is like a living library. There's, um, you know, there was, uh, they say 22 different star races, um, you know, played a part in developing, you know, the, I guess the structure of planet earth or the, you know, and, and even that's why you see so much diversity on this planet, you know, not, not only in humans, but also in, you know, and, you know, the fauna and the flora here, because there was fauna and flora that, you know, there was DNA that was brought from other star systems that were seeded onto this planet. Okay. Um, I think when the Buddhists were talking about the fifth race, race of beings, which came from the continent of Mu, this was the period of time in Earth's history where there was two civilizations that were created, which was the Lemurian um, civilization in the Pacific Rim, and then you had the Atlantean in Atlantis. And again, we're following that same father god, mother goddess consciousness 
um, template. There's, there's always that dual, the dual that nature. Duality. Yeah, there's in, always in, that duality. Uh, there has yeah. to be an there's up and a light down. And dark, male and female. Yeah, you know, you got right. it. Um, so, so Lemuria was supposed to be mother goddess consciousness energy, and uh, Atlantis was more father god energy, and so. The Lemurians, you know, followed this really spiritual path. You know, they were, they didn't even have much technology because they felt like they didn't need it. They were in the fifth dimension. They could just think of something and it would manifest, you know. Um, the Atlanteans, on the other hand, were, I think they started off spiritual, but then they became more and more technically minded. And they became like, oh, well, we can build better and bigger and better and bigger. And, uh, and it became more about the technology and less about the spirituality. And uh, the Atlanteans ended up, I think, destroying Lemuria because for some reason they were convinced that they were their enemies. And Lemuria, as powerful as it was, couldn't fight against advanced technology. It just was, even with all their, you know, spiritual abilities and intentions. And, um, and so Lemuria fell. When Lemuria fell, that was when Earth plunged from the fifth dimension to the third dimension. Now we kind of fast forward to this timeline, which um, will kind of start off at last century with Edgar Cayce, um, who's one of my, one of my uh, most, I, I, I love Edgar Cayce. I love Dolores Cannon. I mean, they're like my predecessors, I feel like, but, um, uh, so Edgar Cayce um, started doing a lot of work with different people all throughout the United States, and he was realizing that a lot of them were had prior incarnations in Atlantis. And it's like, why do we have so many Atlanteans here in the United States? Um, and the reason for that is because um, the Atlantean, old Atlantean souls had to re, um, work out their karma um, in this lifetime or in, you know, last century in this century. Um, mm -hmm. so you do see a higher percentage of Atlantean souls here in the United States and the United States is actually, I think, um, also known as the new Atlantis. And the reason why it was the United States is because it's, it's the civilization that I think most closely resembles the old Atlantean civilization in its culture, you know, it's, it's technological advances, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, I think the thing that we've done different this time is we also have quite a few Lemurian souls that are incarnated mm -hmm. here. I'm one of them. And I think mm -hmm. you're one of them as yeah. well, you know, yeah. so. I'm following so, that folklore yeah. from my book project to, um, for pyramids, megaliths, and tribal folklores of Asia. So yeah. I'm, I'm following the Buddhist folklores, and 100% of the time, I follow the folklore. I actually find some things. So, oh, but, no, you find like some really deep information in some of these folklores. Um, even with the Native American folklores, there's some very, very deep galactic information embedded oh, yeah. in, in the yeah. stories. But yeah, but yeah folklore the archaeology States is the new Atlantis, and it's yeah. where. Um, so the sixth race that you're talking about is, I think, the star seeds that are going to be helping to push the ascension movement, you know, that is going to be bringing this expansion of consciousness that we, you know, have mentioned before, uh, you know, a few times now during this, you know, um, episode. But, uh, but I do think um, the, the, the beings that the sixth race is us, you know, it's us. 
So with that question, here's with that question. So um, what in, in, in your work, what can we learn from the folklores of Atlantis um, and Lemuria mm-hmm. and the, those lost civilizations in the folklores? What can we learn from it though that we don't repeat the same egocentric oh, yeah. tribal wars for resources and power? Mm-hmm. That's a, I think that's where um, um, being able to be free to share the truth about things is going to be really big in the next decade. Um, there's a lot of censorship going on right now in social media. A lot of people are getting shut down, you know, the, you know, uh, whistleblowers, truth tellers. And as far as me, um, I don't really feel like I've been shut down yet, at least not permanently, you know. I was on a Facebook ban for 30 days, but, um, and, you know, so there's a little bit of censorship there, but, um, but I feel like um, being able to, I think, educate people on what was the real history of this planet? What real, what was the real influences here? What was really going on? Because we've received, I think, for many years, we received this kind of, um, homogenized version of, of history, okay, um, which is not really real. It's what, you know, I guess our governments or our religions or our society wanted us to believe about history. But once we understand the real history and we understand the galactic history, so we understand that, oh, well, you know, Lemuria was created by extraterrestrial beings. Atlantis was created by extraterrestrial beings. This is the reasons behind it. And, and it's based off of the history of say Lyra and Vega and, and all the other star systems. Once you get that bigger picture, I think you're gonna, um, people are gonna start understanding that, oh, well, maybe we don't wanna follow, go down the same path that we, you know, our predecessors went down. You know, maybe we want to you know, choose to do things differently. Um, and it does seem on the surface here, even here in the United States and you know, maybe even in other countries that we seem to be following the same path. But I, I, I do think there's a lot of people waking up right now. And there's a lot of people that are saying, no, we wanna do things differently. No, we're not, we're not doing things you know, because it's the, what we've done in the past. Um, and so there are a lot of change agents currently that are, I think, and this is what you know, going back to, you know, clients coming to me for Akashic readings, they're going to be the change agents, you know, so them understanding their story um, helps them to step into their bigger missions, which then changes all of our stories. Right, right. Yeah, you know, um, I always say, so for my other book projects in terms of Buddhist folklore archaeology, that's what I call it, folklore yeah. archaeology, some of the stuff that that you bring forth in your work at some point will be, quote, quote, folklore, and then somebody mm-hmm. will take that information and then do archaeology with it to see, oh, let's see if this has got some actual substance to it. And then as they find things, they're like, ooh. And then it starts filling in the puzzles. The puzzle pieces start filling in and then you get the big, the greater, bigger picture. But, um, you know, the thing, the thing also about that question about the six root race, about Mm -hmm. that that folklore in Buddhism Mm -hmm. is um, to remind 
those coming into this um, experience that you're not special, mm-hmm. that you're not better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. You're a human like yeah. everybody else, and you got the same incarnation, you got the same ticket. Yeah. So yes, don't let it get is. to your head because the oh, minute yeah, you no, do I... that, you bring yourself down from your level of awareness oh, and your oh, yeah. dimensional I awareness. That, I call that the triple S, which is the starts <laughs> and superiority syndrome. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a joke now with, um, you know, those that are in my inner circle, but, um, but yeah, the, the triple S, but, um, yeah, yeah. Just because you're a star C doesn't make you better. doesn't make you any different. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I do readings for some very evolved earth souls and that just blow me away. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. like, holy cow, you know, I, I wish more star seeds were like this earth soul, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I actually, I'll, I'll give you an analogy. So I'm like my daughter, she's, um, she's going to turn six and her favorite movie is frozen. She still loves the frozen. Oh, and yeah. she, whenever we get her stuff as frozen, she always wants Elsa, which every girl wants Elsa. And I asked her, well, why don't you want her sister? Why, why, why always Elsa? And she's like, well, that's because she has the magic. And I said, it's her sister that does all the work. She's the one that's saving the civilization from, you know, the, the dam taking over. She's the one who's always saving Elsa from getting herself um, hurt. It's exactly. her normal sister that does most of the work, but all the special attention is on Elsa because she's got the Ooh, the glitter and glamour and sparkle. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So the same exact thing. So, so that's that's the lesson there um you know let's switch focus from that so I have a question for you for myself what for you so my whole life Buddhist monks told me that I'm a life planner you talked about um, Bargo before the in-between yeah, yeah so um so they told me that I am a life planner in the spirit world who helps ancient souls pre-plan their incarnations yeah, now right. Right now, I do quantum hypnosis and six sense consultations when people have six senses that come online and go out of control. Um, now, often my clients recognize me and they happen to, they happen to be star seeds. Mm-hmm. So here's the funny thing. Um, my clients get life reviews of lifetimes in different galaxies and dimensions. And then they, they often cry when viewing a lifetime about how they saw their planet explode in a star wars type feud and the, mm-hmm. i'm not talking little cry i'm talking like big men crying like babies um and they're under hypnosis and they are constantly shown that they need to learn to train their ego and connect to christ consciousness of source regularly mm-hmm. that's what's sh- that's shown in the sessions and this is the key codes to use when they incarnate into a, a lifetime that allows them to heal the Star Wars timeline and rewrite much of that destruction. Because when mm-hmm. you are fifth dimensional awareness, you can rewrite anything in the past, in the present, anything within oh, yeah, existence. Yeah. Uh, I always tell people all the time, you can, you can change your records, you know, you can, yeah, yeah, you can change them. I mean, you can set new intentions in your records all the time. Um, I do. So what do you in- say about that, about that Star Wars type? Oh, um, yeah, I have a lot to say about that. I say I talk about it a lot, actually. Um, I think a lot of souls, especially the, those of us here from this galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, um, you know, in the beginning, everything started in Lyra and Vega. And um, you know, through my own work, you know, with, you know, working with clients, I, I see the same thing, you know, they're, they're finally starting to remember, like, 
oh my gosh, you know, I was, I was in, incarnated in Lyra or Vega and uh, I saw my planet get blown up. I saw everything that I loved get destroyed. And yeah, same as you, they start, they oftentimes start crying. That's why I have a box of tissues right here. Cause, and, uh, or even if I do, Me too. Work, I go through a lot of tissue. That oh like... yeah. A lot of tissues. Yeah. So, so they start crying and believe me, I was crying too. when I started remembering, but, um, cried for months actually. Um, I, I'll admit it, but, um, but yeah, it was because um, of that whole story I mentioned before about um, the deception of, of, of the dark, th that the dark did on the light. Um, so in the beginning, there was, there was Source and Source decided to start this experiment of separation. So Source separated into universes, over souls, you know, different galaxies and so forth. Um, in our particular universe, because we do live in a multi-universe reality, but in our particular universe, um, the experimentation started in this particular galaxy in the constellation of Lyra. And that was where the co-creators decided to create um, physical life. So, so everything began, so that's why Lyra is known as the home of human consciousness. So everything began in Lyra. Lyra had a flourishing, beautiful paradise civilization for thousands of years. People lived in complete perfection, complete paradise, lived very beautiful lives. But then there was another star system next door to Lyra called Draco. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't always like to make Draco out to be the bad guy because I think some the Lyrans played a part in it too, don't believe me. But um uh but Draco saw the Lyran system and thought, you know, well, we're the superior race. They were actually an ancient race that was kicked out of another universe and they got deposited into our universe in the Draco system. And they were pissed off and they were service to self and they were dark and they just wanted to take over everything. They wanted to conquer everything. So the Draconians conquered, uh, wanted to conquer Lyra and um, they deceived the Lyrans by, I think, offering them, hey, we're your next door neighbors, we want to make a treaty, um, can we do, can we have a peace treaty, like we'll, we'll share some of our technology for some of your resources, and the Lyrans believed them, um, so to me, it was kind of on the Lyrans too, like, no, discern know, they didn't have discernment, like, yeah, they didn't have discernment, or they didn't, um... or they were so, they saw the shiny technology and they thought, wow, we could really use some new technology. And they weren't thinking like, you know, rationally, like, why are these beings all of a sudden interested in having, having this trade? What, what was their intentions? Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, that's a really good life lesson for even like people now in their regular oh, life. Yeah. Discernment is a very, very um, big, discernment goes with wisdom and their big oh, life lessons in Buddhism for a lot of advanced um Oh yeah, no, seekers. I see it play out in people's lives even today, even with my clients. And I'm mm. saying, I tell them, look at Lyra, look at what you did in Lyra. You yeah, know? don't repeat the same thing in your it's personal life. Yeah. yeah, so that's yeah. why discernment, wisdom, boundaries, boundaries, and uh, and they go through this lesson of loss and disappointment and homesickness and betrayal and you know all these old, really hard lessons. Uh, that they keep replaying in different lifetimes. And uh, 
Um, and I, you know, I kind of like, I don't know, it's like I, I look at that and I, I see, yeah, that's why the Star Wars movies are so popular. And that's why people, you know, they starting to have these memories of being in these, you know, galactic wars. It and, triggers something inside them uh, unconsciously. Absolutely. Yeah. Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I always kind of, uh, I always, I, I love Star Wars. You know, I'm a big sci-fi fan, but I, whenever I watch Star Wars, I think, oh, that's the story of the Orion Wars. Yeah, that's, you know, the, the, this same shit was happening in Orion, you know, it, yeah. was, it was happening in Sirius. It was happening in other places because people didn't learn their lesson, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. But it's a lesson of discernment and the lesson of going from duality consciousness to unity consciousness. Yeah. So the- that's also the big lesson. So it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing that same caused thing. the same thing. Same. same thing that caused like Atlantis, um, the Marian yeah, folklore. Yeah, yeah. Same thing same. with that. It's yeah. they they lost their connection to Christ consciousness and each other. Yeah. So they start making pinning each other as the good guy or the good guy. I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. You're the good guy. Nobody's yeah. ever bad. Everybody's <laughs> everybody's good. Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, yeah. No, it's same it's thing. always pointing fingers like, oh, it's your fault. And then we see it even today between the Republicans and the Democrats. Like, oh, you're the bad ones. Oh no, you're the bad ones. They're the and last of the game, anyway. So <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like you know, and it's like, oh gosh, we're going through this again. It's like really, you know, um, life lessons. Life yeah, lessons. definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's the thing I've noticed also about um, about many of my clients. Many of them have kind of like. Um, they have family backgrounds where they were asylums or refugees or, you know, kind of displaced by war, natural disaster, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very similar um, kind of hardships that mm-hmm. you describe in, in the, that type Lyran of Star Wars, yeah. the Lion Wars. So, um, and so when they watch Star Wars movies, many of them, that's one of their favorites. And they just, uh, when they watch it, it's almost like they're like remembering and, re-experiencing um an experience and then when they go to hypnosis it's like a fully grown man crying like a baby and going I don't know why I'm crying about this because it does not seem real so um oh no I uh yeah when I had a I think I had a spontaneous past life regression and when I remembered what happened in Lyra I cried for months I was like oh I need I need to do some healing around this (laughs) because this is ridiculous I can't keep crying over this and uh and so I, what, I, I did some healing and now, now I'm a lot better. So Yeah. What can we learn from that? Okay. So um, a lot of my starseed hypnosis clients come to me for another thing that's very common okay. with them. And that's personal Mandela effects in their life. Mm, okay. So like, so beyond seeing, seeing logo changes, they literally experience shifting between parallel realities and deal with new parallel family members with completely different family history than they remember experiencing before and I get quite a bit of these clients as well Mm -hmm. and because I'm Buddhist and I have a whole um, understanding about shifting between parallel realities based on your level of consciousness and awareness of consciousness so that helps them explain that but I wonder if reality shifting is a curriculum for star seeds to understand when when they incarnate into a time when we can time travel so you know what does the akashic record say about this worldwide phenomenon of personal mandela effects i got i'd actually gotten that question before from shane probably but yeah i know i've read the shane <laughs> yeah so so yeah so I've, I've gotten that question before um but i think 
what's happening right now because you know because in the records i think a lot of people think oh kashik records that's all about the past lives and not necessarily it also looks at probabilities into the future and right it so all exists right now all exists in buddhism at one time yeah it's all, past, it's all present future yeah exactly multiple versions all existing just yeah where do you want so, to focus? um yeah. so i get so when I look at the future probabilities, I see timelines collapsing upon each other. And it's kind of like, like it's, there's not this like one, just this one timeline anymore. It's almost like as, you know, I think these, you know, massive, you know, spiritual beings that we truly are, we get to have a choice. Yeah. So, so it's almost like every time we upgrade, um, in consciousness, we, we get into a different timeline. Yeah. And, so yeah. Question about that. Um, and, and I actually had a client who had this unusual, um, sixth sensibility mm-hmm. where he's, he's like, I have remembrance of doing this one thing, but yet with somebody, but yet mm-hmm. at the same day, I have remembrance of doing a whole different experience with another friend but they're both on the same exact day. How is it that I have remembrance of two exactly different experiences on the same day? And so it's like his consciousness is previewed to two different parallel realities and experiences at the same time. So he's kind of like- He's an unusual soul for for actually, first of all, for being able to perceive that because most people can't perceive that level of- um, you know, of multi-dimensionality, but, um, uh, but yeah, um, I think a lot of us, because we're multi-dimensional souls, will have mm-hmm. multi-dimensional experiences that happen um, simultaneous to each other, and I think it takes a very unique soul to be able to say, like, oh, yeah, I did this with this, and this with that, and it was on the same time, and the same day, and, uh, but that that's a that's a soul experiencing a multi-dimensional experience. So he probably did do something with another friend and 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 another friend in this timeline, another friend in that timeline, simultaneous to each other. Yeah, those veils are going to become much more thinner as we all grow in consciousness. So right. Yeah. So, so I filed that. I filed that. I filed that as another sixth sense, which I haven't labeled that one yet. Yeah. So because I, I, I basically consult with six senses um, mm-hmm. as they come into the awakening and ascension, right. um, through the Buddhist perspective. But I filed that on another one, and which was interesting with that client is that he's like, I have that friend that told me that. Hey, remember when we went and they had a conversation? And then he talked to the other friend and said, Hey, remember when we did? So he's talking to two different friends talking about mm-hmm. two different realities that he was in and he had remembrance of two different experiences happening at the same exact time and yeah. so it that kind of goes into your answer of timelines collapsing and some people are previewed to these collapsing timelines where yeah no I think there's um, a few um, I think very highly perceptive souls that see through the collapsing of the timelines um, and they're able to navigate around it Okay, mm-hmm. um, uh, because they're at that, they have that s- certain skill set or that certain level of consciousness that, that they, they can perceive what's happening with that. With the majority of us, we see it as, oh my gosh, I used to remember this logo and now, you know, I'm, I'm remembering this logo, you know, that they look different. Um, right. Or, or there's a line in the movie that, 
um, change. I think even Star Wars had a line in the movie that changed um, with, uh, I think, Darth Vader telling Luke that I am your father. Right. Um, then it changed. But, um, uh, but I think it's just timelines collapsing. And there's going to be physical changes that occur within those collapsing timelines. It's, yeah. just, it's just inevitable. So it's not just going to be all energetic. There's also going to be physical changes that occur. Yeah. So like, like I always say, everybody, you know, you know, study, study your Buddhism and stuff and the different aspects of your advanced Buddhism, because um, don't get too caught up in the external reality because it will change on you. Focus on your consciousness, your fifth dimensional awareness, tune into the higher frequencies and you will just you know you will it will just magically attract to you so don't get so caught up in what's in going on outside of you that's a great um that's a great suggestion to make to people yeah because you get caught up and it changes on you so i had oh, another yeah. i had yeah. another client who got so caught up on something and then he completely healed uh his issue with his mother and then he's sitting at my couch here going my mother has a completely different family history of when she got married remarried and it was a big thing and we have she she says she got married five years ago whereas my history and my father remembers that I moved in with my father because um, I didn't like the guy that 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 married his mother and so Mm -hmm. that happened in high school 15 years uh, earlier not five years ago and so you yeah so another one of these kind of collapsing timelines in their experience um I'll give you one more of my six sense clients. Um, okay, and see, that see what. Yeah, I okay. like the six sense. Clients. You like the six sense stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, I, I like yeah. yeah. That's why I'm writing that book, X Men of the Fifth Dimension. Whenever that gets finished. But anyways, I um I categorize these. So another one is I have this client who. She um sometimes will watch something and say, "Why are we watching this again? I already saw this episode," mm-hmm. and. And so um, she would tell exactly what was going to happen in that episode. And um, for everybody else, it's the first time seeing the episode. They're like, how'd you do that? So it's almost kind of like consciousness time traveling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't quite have, a f- I, I, I get the concept, but uh, and so I'm able to be like, okay, well, you're, you're, you're changing your consciousness. And like I said, everything's existing at the same time. So you were in one reality and then you change your consciousness in a frequency and you attract another reality whatever you did you attracted the backwards reality right so um so it's a it's a mandela effect it's a sixth sense yeah um the same thing goes so she'll go to a concert and um she'll go oh yeah they did a really good job with that song i was at that concert and then um they were like oh we're just unveiling this for the very first time you're the first audience to hear it and she's like oh, what? Wow. so these kind of abilities are happening mm-hmm. and I, I I get these clients quite often because there isn't very much um guidance from many philosophies about these emerging new ex- new um experiences experiences yeah. uh yeah. you know Buddhism has a lot to help them but it's still evolving so we're it's uncharted territory um you're gonna love this next question, Debbie. You're gonna love this next question. So, okay. um, I have vivid recall of parallel realities in the near 
possible future. Kind of like when we started, you had that, that lucid dream about being on the, the ships mm-hmm. and it seemed so real. Mm-hmm. I have the same thing about a near possible future reality mm-hmm. where I'm living, I'm living with my current husband in our mm-hmm. cargo spaceship which hovers over our new water view, which is 5D Earth, planet Earth. Okay. Okay, we got a water view. Um, We are space farmers that grow flora and fauna from many different galaxies. And we ship goods through a stargate in our spaceship, which is very common. Um, My husband, he adds his savings from his career at, this is going to sound funny, Boeing. Because Boeing in this reality builds spaceships for different planets. And I add my savings from my career as a time travel and parallel reality tourism and excursion consultant to fund our space farm business. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. I was walking around going, "Mm," you know, whatever, playing around with it um, in my dream. The live concerts that my the live concert series is like the best selling uh, travel vacation package that people want. People really they kind of get over like going through history. They just want to go to the fun concerts. The first oh, yes, time yes. that the Beatles sang or you know whatever. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like very popular. And the Earth people they finally get their crap together. <laughs> and finally finally (laughs) you used to say that in orion too like finally the orion people have unified it only took them a few million years but finally you know so now we're gonna do the same with the earth so yeah yeah yeah, that typical thirsty finally they did it finally Um, so they finally got that stuff together and by not letting their egos take over in the fight between good and evil and Mm -hmm. over resources and then earthlings actually live in harmony with a very green earth and we travel between other earth worlds in spaceships and also in portals nice. um, so you get both options it's kind of like you can do the cruise or you can just go the fast version sometimes yeah, the cruise you. is just as fun yeah. um and then we we trade knowledge we trade knowledge culture um and spaceships between different galaxies and and i'm a wedding florist on the side so i, so I make wedding flowers mm-hmm. from my space farm for various alien and human brides in many galaxies oh, wow. um yeah. yeah and and my husband's band plays at large festivals in many galaxies as well but we're able to do this because we travel through stargates that's in our spaceship and we're able to come home in time for dinner Okay, so it's it's kind of like a fun sci-fi. So I actually had lots of fun in the stream because I was going there clicking stuff and oh, looking at oh, this. Yeah. And I yeah. was just engaging in it like I was really in it. It was really, really fun. So um, do, do you have a brief, can you do a, a very brief Akashic record reading for me about this weird lucid dream? And I know we're going to do another follow-up episode where we do a full one. Yeah, so gotcha. you guys listen to the next one because that's what we're going to do a full 75-minute one. But this is just kind of a brief teaser for that. Okay. Well, I'm Because I'm really interested that. about this dream. It is so It is. Lucid. Yeah, it's kind of an in-depth dream there. Um, yeah. Uh, we already have your information. So I'm just going to go through my Akashic spiel that I always do. And then uh, we'll open up your records. So... Um,
only the highest vibrations of love and light can be in this space and all objects in this space for the highest good of Bongfet, Galt, and myself. For this reading today, all other energies must leave now. I call in the highest level of the divine that knows that love is the power and the truth from which we read the highest level guides and angels of Bongfet, Galt, and myself to help us with this reading. Archangel Michael, hold this space for us, and so it is. And so we do acknowledge the forces of light, asking for guidance, direction, and courage to know the truth, as it is revealed for our highest good and for the highest good of everyone connected to us, O Holy Spirit of God. Help me to know Vong Pet Galt in the light of the Akashic Records, to see Vong that galt through the eyes of the lords of the records and enable me to share the wisdom and compassion that the masters, teachers, and loved ones have for Von Fett Galt. Okay, the records are now open. Okay, this is gonna be a little different than the average um, Akashic reading because um, usually I, I look, when I do an Akashic reading for somebody, I'm looking at their past. In this timeline, I'm looking into the future, okay? Um, and, okay, so what I'm seeing with you and your husband is that, um, Okay, this is this is going to get really deep, I think. But uh, of course, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'm getting some really deep information coming through. Um, I'm seeing uh, that you and your husband, um, you're both star seeds. Um, you're actually both from Arcturus originally, but you've had multiple lifetimes in in, in Andromeda. And I think the technology that you're talking about in, you know, this future Earth scenario, it is future Earth, by the way. Oh, it is. It's not, it's not past Earth, past advanced Earth. Okay. No, it's not past and it's not a, an alternate reality. It's actually future Earth. Um, so, you guys? That's crazy. Yeah, so it is, yeah, future Earth. And I do, I do think this. I don't know if it's going to be in this lifetime or I think it might even be like maybe... Um, uh, maybe even the next timeline, or it's either this lifetime, like in the future, or 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 next timeline. But um, but I'm seeing that you guys, um, I think you and your husband get some sort of massive downloads about certain technologies that you used to work with in alternate time time, you know, star systems. Excuse me. And much of this technology is from Andromeda. Okay, so these, these are all existing, re, you know, uh, re, existing extraterrestrial technologies that are currently being used in other star systems. Um, you're going to be one of the first. Um, so you're, so I think when your guides were saying that you were a, um, what, what did they call you? It was a, 
a, a life planner. Yeah, the monks, the the monks I grew up with, they said that oh, I was yeah, a life planner. Okay. They mm-hmm. said you were a life planner. Mm-hmm. It's all it's like you're not only a life planner, but you're a systems builder. So I'm a game maker. Create, yeah, a DNA maker or, or a, a game maker. A game maker. Game maker, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a um uh I don't know what you call a template builder. Uh, there's mm. various names for it, but okay. Um, but you and your husband are going to be um, downloading this um, existing extraterrestrial um, technology and recreating it on Earth. So in a way, you've come here to be the prototypes for the new Earth um, reality. Okay, um, which yeah, so it's kind of like a it's kind of like. Um, Arcturus, you know, those of us that are from Arcturus are prototypes for future Earth, okay? Um, and it's like you're creating a prototype of what the, you know, what the potential for future Earth. And so, um, so I'm seeing that initially you created a time travel machine. So this is a thing that you're playing with. When you oh, were, in the in this future reality, in the future reality, yeah. Not in this one, because my husband um, and I tried to open up a portal in the band room a couple of days ago. My ears hurt. <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure. If, I honestly don't know. It's cause, because the timelines are so. Um, I, you know, remember I said they're kind of collapsing. I'm not sure if it's going to be in this lifetime or if it's going to be in the next one. But um, I do think it might be in this one, but it's going to be like maybe like uh, 15 years from now or something. So, um, but 15 or 20 years from now, which you guys will be a little bit older, but- um, Well, yeah, we'll be retired. But then we're gonna have age reversal. So you're gonna look young anyway, because we're gonna have have the med beds that are gonna be age reversing us. So so that technology is gonna be coming through as well. So um, so I think there's gonna be- certain um technologies um and, and is your husband an engineer at boeing or well he he started off as an engineer but now he works in he kind of does the budgets yeah gotcha for okay. for one of the one of the plants okay. and um but you know he's very very metaphysical very uh mathematical i'm very kind of more um right brain more kind of like oh I've, i'm feeling if you want to get an analogy of my husband and i like if you, you know star trek yeah um i'm deanna troy and my husband is Riker. <laughs> oh yeah yeah no I, I can see that i can see that now i'm getting so, a sense of his personality and i'm like yeah yeah i can see it um uh not quite data no data is really on the left brain spectrum but um, yeah but may, yeah Riker's practical a practical yeah 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 but um but yeah i kind of um yeah he's but he's gonna be um so things are going to change a lot in our reality in the next decade, next couple of decades, where we're going to see technologies that we, we've only seen in sci-fi movies, or we've only seen in, you know, maybe in our dreams, maybe, but um, we're going to, all this is going to come forth. And uh, so I do see this as being future Earth. So this is going to be when Earth finally ascends, okay? Um and I kind of liked how you described the, um, what was it? The interdimensional uh, tour guide or. Uh, yeah. 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 The, uh, the, yeah. It basically like the, it's a time travel slash parallel reality excursion 
consultant. So I can tell you some of the wild lucid dreams I've had. I've actually had to, we have an emergency group of, a lot of them are very, very ancient souls who, who are very developed in their psyche and consciousness mm-hmm. for this type of work, yeah. because you can't really be a naive spiritual person to work in, um, in, in that type of job because yeah. um, in oftentimes, so if you, if you wonder what kind of job does a advanced spiritual seeker of consciousness get in the future they for me i'm a time travel plus parallel reality excursion consultant so people are gonna um come in going okay i i want to um i want to go to an 80s concert i want to go see death leopard when it was happening and then so people will go and we will um give them packages so okay mm-hmm. so here's here's the money here's the this okay have fun Mm-hmm. basic principles and guidelines so you don't get into trouble if you get into trouble let us know and we'll we'll kind of bail you out but try try to acclimate and the thing that's interesting is the people are so kind and loving that they just can't help but um, stand up for injustice make mm-hmm. right a wrong and then mm-hmm. they get themselves into a bad situation Mm-hmm. in the past because the consciousness of the society that they were traveling and kind of doing excursion is is yeah, much that's... lower and yeah. much more um divided and mm-hmm. so like just helping a woman you know out so mm-hmm. out of a bad situation they actually got themselves thrown into a bad situation so yeah, we gotcha. have so so I in this reality in my dreams I'm like, what the happened? What the hell happened? And I'm just like bitching out. <laughs> Sorry for the language. I'm like, oh my God. All right. All right. It's like so, the, you almost have to go and be invisible and not not interact with anybody. That's yeah, you just reality. have to go and just go and do your excursion, but try to not be part of the society. But then they get caught up and they get into it and stuff. So um, as a consultant, it sounds I, like that. Um, what was it? Uh, there was a an old TV episode, a quantum leap. Uh, yes, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that where um, Scott Bakula would always, his character would always get involved with. And he's trying not to. and it, Yeah, he, yeah, he's trying not to, but yeah. he, he still gets involved with stuff yeah. that's happening in the past or in the future. And yeah, that's exactly what happens. And so oftentimes as a consultant, because I, I do the same job in the spirit world, the monks told me that I was a life planner and still am and mm-hmm. I'm helping people plan their lives it's basically like a, a travel agent that your lives is your excursions right. and then in this reality I'm doing the same job where I'm helping people plan their excursions for whatever parallel or um, timeline that they want so if they want to um, let's say they want to go to a parallel life or a mm-hmm. parallel timeline and see what it would be like if let's say Hitler had won the war just out of curiosity these are the the cheap packages that most people don't want to see anyways because they don't care but some yeah. people go oh I want to get that that red discount um, package so they'll go there and then they'll get caught up and they'll like I need help I got caught up doing the right thing and so in a weird twist of fate we do the same thing where we um time travel to a parallel timeline where we see like the star wars thing going on mm-hmm. uh, in that reality and we're just watching and witnessing 
and maybe partaking in whatever the excursion is. But in a in a weird twist of fate, we we kind of innocently get ourselves in trouble. And um, myself, I work with a crew of people. We have a crew of people who go and help out our clients who get stuck in these. Um, situations and try mm-hmm. to make up and clean up we're kind of the cleanup crew clean up kind of the mess and yeah gotcha kind of like yeah. the, the the black the uh the men in black <laughs> yeah gotcha okay yeah, kind of like that so, so, so they do the little okay where well, you're gonna forget now <laughs> so, so they do that to the people that that are in the in the past so okay, yeah but forget to, yeah you're gonna yeah, forget but you saw these people from the future you know yeah so. yeah they look like normal people and stuff but you're gonna forget what just happened to try to make you know kind of like wanting to try to fix right, it and stuff gotcha. yeah anyways um in a so we in a in a weird twist of fate um the tourists are innocently fixing different timelines and fixing different realities because the people in that reality saw the potential of what could be mm-hmm. that was new to them mm-hmm. now do you so, get people like that say like maybe it's on a more personal level of oh I want to see what would have happened if I would have married this person instead of my current person or what my life would have been like if I made this decision as opposed to that decision do you have travels like that well um for just to see their parallel life yeah I I you know that package hasn't been done that's not a package that most people are interested in most people are interested in the fun packages. Like when they're going to go on vacation, they want to go and see the best concerts. They want to go through the concert series. They want to go through the gotcha. classics. I want to see all the classics, all of Beethoven's first. I want to see all of Shakespeare's, um, you know, first um, launches for all his his plays. Yeah, gotcha. You know, the, the entertainment. Okay. That's what most people are interested in. There's some people who are interested in kind of historical events. That's kind of a package as well. But anyways, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I kind of wonder many of them are Christ consciousness awareness. So I kind of wonder in this lucid dream that I have, um, if that, that's another thing that really happens with the cleanup crew. Sometimes we don't pick up everything. So something will be, we get lost and then mm-hmm. it will be stuck in, it's kind of like marketing. So you'll see this old um, Swiss, uh, a Swiss brand watch ring stuck mm-hmm. in, um, like a pyramid or something in that's never been excavated or open it's like it's become part of the rock but it's like well how is this advanced part of a 500,000 year old rock it's it's kind of some of the remnants that um, the cleanup crew miss so mm-hmm. we kind of let that go for little marketing yeah little marketing aspects of it so um, but that's 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 the reality that I I get these lucid dreams about and they're lots of fun um but um yeah so 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 in a weird kind of way a lot of these different conflicts that happen in in timelines and parallel realities Mm -hmm. they come across one of these tours and they see the potential of what could not be or what Mm -hmm. could be and they and and it's kind of like it functions kind of like a virus where you can't unsee certain things and so it makes them start thinking like hmm I could do that too Mm -hmm. so um yeah, well, we're, we're going to get into this a little bit more on the second part where we do a 75-minute yeah. reading for me. Yeah, we'll and get more in-depth. We'll get more into this. So this is a yeah. teaser for everybody. If you want to know what it, 
what does Debbie Solaris get for Von Galt? So let's see, let's go down that oh, rabbit yeah, hole. No, it's going to be fun. Um, yes. Uh, uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. Last question for you. So now you offer workshops and what can people expect to learn in your workshops? And are these in person or are they also online? Um, I used to do in person until COVID, you know, then COVID hit, and then that went that flew out the window. But um, uh, no, for a while I was teaching courses on galactic history and star races called Meet Your Star Family um, throughout the uh, the Front Range of Colorado. Um, so that was uh, so that was being offered between 2016 and 2018 or 19, I think is when I stopped doing those courses. But um, uh, now I'm doing all of my courses online and I am going to be offering um, a wonderful Zoom training next month on recognizing extraterrestrial frequencies. Mm. So I get a lot of clients who are either practitioners or themselves, or they just trying to, they're, you know, new to the, um, to the spiritual, um, you know, path and they're wanting to access their own records or they're looking into maybe, um, working with a client and they, um, they're, they're exposed to frequencies they've never seen before. So they don't know what they are, okay? Um, or they haven't remembered what they are. So this course is designed to, for people to recognize what does a Andromedan aura look like? Or what does Andromedan energy look like? What does Arcturian energy look like? What does a you know, person from the Pleiades, what does their aura look like? what kind of um, frequency, what's the feeling you get from the frequency when you're encountering these people. And this could be, could be good in accessing the Akashic records because sometimes I get a lot of clients that say like, well, I'm looking into records and I see things, but I don't know what they are. Or I don't know where they are. I don't know what's happening. And, and if they can recognize the frequency of the, air, of, the, of the image that they're getting or the, you know, or the story that they're seeing then they'll be like, oh yeah, this is something that took place in Sirius, or this is something that took place in Alpha Centauri, you know? So, so they get an idea of that. So this, this course is gonna be pretty in depth and um, we are offering it on March 26th next month. So it's coming up really soon. Are you recording it? So- Oh if, yeah. Okay, so like if somebody can't attend the, the live one, they can oh, at yeah. least watch the pre-recorded um, course? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It'll be um, recorded be... and be accessed on demand. Yeah. So, um, so people can just, as long as they, there's going to be a small charge. It won't be that much, but um, just for us to cover our costs, but, um, but it'll be a fun course and yes, it'll be available um, whether or not you can attend a live one, but um I hope as you know as many people as they can will attend the live but even if they don't it'll be available even afterwards um so this is going to be the beginning of a series of courses that we're going to be developing where people can develop skill sets that are going to help them um access their own galactic um you know abilities and their own galactic gifts and you know maybe then you know and it's going to be a precursor to the Galactic Akashic Reading Course, which is going to be coming up later this year. So, um, ooh, that sounds so exciting! I am all about that. I love. The oh, online. I know you're going to love it. Yeah, I love this. 
I'd love yeah. to go. I'd love to go deep into the uh, into these kind of courses to kind of, you know, how do yeah. you do it? So there's so yeah, much. Yeah, had so much demand, and you know, I thought, yeah, it's probably time for me to start teaching classes again. And now we have Zoom, and we have you know all these technologies that can help us reach many people. So um, also another little blurb. Um, I was interviewed again on Gaia. So. Um, I'll be on the Open Minds show with Regina Meredith, um, and that should be airing sometime this spring, I think. I think it'll be probably like more like April or May. Um, and I'm gonna be doing a second show with Regina, and we're, we're talking a lot about galactic history. So, and a lot of the psychological components of, of how the galactic history impacts the human psyche even today. So. So there's some exciting things coming. Um, and of course I'll be opening up, my, my calendar is closed now, but I'll be opening it up again. Um, it'll be for May and June bookings. So if you want your own personal reading, um, you can book that with me, but I am booked out until May. So you, you know, you'll, you'll have to wait a little bit, but it won't be that long. So um, anyway, thank you. Yeah. It, it exciting stuff i'm really looking forward to the courses and you guys um if we can multiplicity debbie solaris lots good to go around so um i yeah, yeah. i think a lot of people will be taking those courses and um offering it because there's so much more interest in these these topics oh um, yeah no i think the consciousness is definitely expanding and uh you know, it's funny when I first started doing Akashic readings, a lot of people didn't even know what it, it what it was. Um, mm -hmm. This was like a few years ago. And now it's like everybody wants an Akashic reading, you know, so, so the consciousness is definitely expanding and, um, and you and I are helping to, you know, guide people through the process. So um, definitely. Yeah. Well, Debbie, thank you for a fascinating interview. I had a blast blast and i'm gonna have a blast well, thank you. i had a blast one. too it was fun <laughs> you asked the um, hard questions but they were good yeah yeah, good. yeah yeah so this show again is for you sci-fi writers out there you artists all you storytellers and lovers of consciousness expansion and all the fifth dimensional star seeds out there. The show is for you. So I hope it inspires the cre creativity in all of you. And for more information about Debbie Solaris's offerings, please visit her website, which is debbiesolaris.com. And thank you kindly for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>